you all are sitting here in this room, and if your faith is that mustard seed, do you have it? Because faith isn't what you can see. See, we all are carrying our faith, and we don't even know. It's not weighty. Everyone's not going to see it. They're not going to see it, though, until there's a demand put on it. Everyone is looking for faith like this in this room. Your faith is not going to be like this. You're not going to be able to see it all the time. You're going to be carrying your faith, and you're not even going to know it's with you. Some of you, if right now, if I told you to find your faith, you don't even know if you could find it. Some of you, 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 you you're, doing, you're doing this because you're like, do I still have it? And you know what? A lot of times that's us in the spirit is we're still, God, do I still have it? God, do I still have it? Is it still there? Because God, I really don't feel it. God, I really don't feel like I even have it. I don't even know if it's there. But the amazing part is, is that God said, if you just had enough faith that size, you'd be able to say on the mountains, be ye removed, and they'd be uprooted and cast into the sea. How big? This big. Not this big. See, we don't think God can do anything miraculous with our life because we're looking for faith like this. But God's saying your faith actually has to look like this. See, the kingdom of God is not made up of size. (laughs) If anything, he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He will use little things that are loaded. Let's go to the word tonight. I want to come to you tonight. Out of Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20, and they're going to have the text on the scripture or on the screen. Can y'all fix that where they can actually read it, please? Matthew 17 and verse 20. It says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, because of what? For as surely I say to you that if you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say unto this mountain, move from here to there. Woo! Somebody, somebody, somebody needs to catch the fact that you are not just, you're not just in control of your mountain, you are traffic control. You get to tell it where to go, how to get there, where it's going. It doesn't just get to occupy your life, you get to tell it where to go. And watch this, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that faith is alive in this room. Faith is arising. Father, for faith comes by the hearing, by the hearing of the reading of God's word. And tonight as your word goes forward, our faith is leaping Our faith is elevating. Our faith is reaching. Our faith is going. Our faith is saying. Our faith is moving. Because faith without works is dead. And so tonight, God, it will be far more than a mustard seed. It will be a movement of mountains. Hallelujah. It will be something that is seen. The fruit of our faith will be seen. They may not be able to see our faith, but they will see the fruit of it. Father, we thank you tonight for an exponential night of miracles, for a release of heavenly promises. In 
Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. Turn to somebody and tell them, faith it. Faith it. Faith it. They say, fake it till you make it. I say, faith it till you make it. Amen. Faith it till you make it. The mustard seed, what an amazing concept that as Jesus would teach, he would teach using this, this mustard seed, though being some of the smallest of seed, he said that if we would just have faith the size of this mustard seed, Luke 17 and 6, it says that, and he replied, that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will be able to say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Hebrews 11 tells us that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. Somebody say now faith. Not tomorrow faith, not later faith, but faith right now. Each man has been given a measure of faith. Every person in this room has a measure of faith. God has given you a measure of faith. Why? Because without faith it is impossible to, to, to please God. So we must have faith because he who has faith believes that God is who he says he is. And if God is who he says he is, then we realize that he will do what he says he can do. But God is not activated in the realm of the earth unless there is a people of faith. We have to be people of faith to be able to summons the move of God, to be able to say unto mountains, to be able to speak to mulberry trees, be uprooted and they be uprooted. Here's the concept that I want you to catch tonight, though, from Luke 6 uh, and, uh, excuse me, from Matthew 17 and Luke 17, then we find that there are two things that happen from, from faith the size of a mustard seed, but also, watch this, with the partnership of our lips. He said, if you say unto this mountain, when God showed up in, this, in the sphere of the earth, and the earth was, in Genesis 1 says, the earth was without form, and it was void, and, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and it was there that the Holy Spirit was hovering. The Holy Spirit was hovering, and it was waiting on a word. You catch that? The Bible says in Genesis 1 that God said, let there be, and it was. He said, let there be light. He said, let us. Let there be, let there be earth. Let there be land. Let there be uh, water. Let there be trees. He began to speak in everything that he was saying it was. The Bible goes on to tell us that God created man in his image. In the image of, of, of God, he created them. Male and female, he created us. And he said, let us create him in our image. Who was God speaking to? Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he was speaking to himself. Watch this. Ready? God had to speak to himself because it, we were in Christ. The Bible says that since the foundations of the earth, all things were in him and through him all things exist. And so God spoke to himself because he is creator, so in him was everything. And so God turns to himself and says, let us make man in our image. And all of a sudden his words begin to form man before the mud ever did. So God begins to decree a thing and his words begin to speak and what he is saying comes active. What he is saying comes alive. That, that, now watch this. He creates Adam in his, in his image. And, and it, it, when he created Adam in, in his image, it was far more than a nose, mouth, ears, and hair. Now, I believe that God has all these things. I believe we look like God. That's, you know, whether, whether it's black or white, whether it's, you know, blonde hair, brown hair, green hair for that matter. The point cases is every one of us carries attributes of God. And that's why the man cannot say that he loves God and hates his brother. Because if you hate your brother, you are hating an attribute of God. 
Because we are created in the image of God. That's why there is no racism in the kingdom of God. You can't say that you love God, but yet you you hate a certain kind of race. All right, come on, preach it, preach it. But catch this, so God creates man, and when he does, he creates him in his image, but it's far more than his attributes. He gives him his anointing. And now the Bible says that God told Adam, whatever you call it, it'll be. And now Adam comes ruling in the realm of the earth, and he is ruling with his words. He is saying unto things, and they are being. He says rhino, and it's a rhino. He says giraffe, and it's a giraffe. He says lion, and it's a lion. He says pine tree, and it's a pine tree. The Bible said that God said, whatever you call it, it shall be. Here's the problem. That Adam quit listening to the voice of God and began to listen to the voice of his wife. He ate the fruit. I'm doing this really quick because i got to get you all somewhere. He he ate the fruit with his wife, and they disobeyed God, and God took them, and they they were suspended out of the garden, and he protected them. That was a plan of protection, not punishment. I'll teach on that another time. And so now Adam loses his ability to speak to a world that he was designed to rule with his words, and now he is frustrated because he's in a world that no longer responds to him. And so because he's in a world that no longer responds to him, God says to him, now the ground you will toil by your sweat. Now between the woman and the seed, there'll be an enmity between you. There'll be frustration. There'll be pain. There'll be thorns. There'll be sin. But then there comes a second Adam, another son of God, the only begotten son of God, Jesus Christ, the firstborn, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And he comes, and what does Jesus do? Jesus comes ruling and reigning with his words. He does not show up in work. He shows up in words. His disciples marvel because everywhere that Jesus goes, he is moving things with his mouth. He is saying unto mulberry trees, be ye uprooted. He is cursing fig trees. He's saying unto graves, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus is coming out. Jesus never had to go in because his word went in. And now Jesus begins to restore the dominion authority to the believer and to his disciples that I created you with power of life and death in your tongue and you got to be careful with what you say because your words carry weight and I've created you and when I redeemed you I redeemed your words of your mouth that when you say something in an atmosphere it'll shift it it'll move it it's the reason why people show up to preaching because when you get in the right room with the right voice and the word starts hitting your life something starts jumping on the inside of you something starts shifting something starts shaking it's the idea that the room is being moved by the words. Hey, 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 hey. So we find out here now that Jesus is saying that whatever we say, we will see. Whatever you say, you will see. Luke 17, he said, but if you say unto this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, it will obey you. Whatever you say, whatever you say, whatever you say. Two concepts from Matthew 17 and Luke 17. Watch this. He says, mountains will be moved by whatever you say. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Mulberry trees will be uprooted by whatever we say if we have faith the size of a mustard seed. Watch this. Mountains are obstacles. Mulberry trees are strongholds. There are things in your life that are resisting you from moving 
into things that are promised to you. Mountains. They are things that in your sight are unmovable. Woo! They are things in your sight that are frustrating. There are some of you under the sound of my voice and you got a mountain here tonight. There is something standing in front of you that unless that mountain moves, you are face against the wall. You're against the cliff. It's the rock in front of you and you can't get over it. And then there's secondary. There are people here tonight and you've got a mulberry tree. What is a mulberry tree? A mulberry tree is something that's rooted in your life. It's a stronghold in your life. It's something you've been trying to get rid of. It's a cigarette smoke. It's the pornography addiction. It's the drinking and sleeping around. Whatever it is, there is something rooted in your life. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's a, maybe it's hurt, pain, trauma, whatever it is. But it's rooted in your life. And Jesus comes speaking. He says these things. That if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll be able to move things that are standing between your A and B. Or you'll be able to uproot things that are holding you back from seeing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And so everybody in this room falls under the Luke 17 or Matthew 17 category. Either you feel like you're here and you got to get there and there's something in between you, or you know that you're going there, but there are things planted in you that don't need to be there. And so the Bible says that Jesus taught them and said, if you'll just take the words of your mouth mixed with the smallest measure of faith, and you'll say unto it, it will be removed, it will be uprooted. Somebody say something's getting uprooted tonight. Hallelujah. Shout now. Come on, just shout. Say glory. I got a lot of teaching. Hold on. Proverbs 18 and 21. Proverbs 18 and 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit. Woo. Did you know that your lips produce fruit? David said, your praise will forever be on my lips. See, there there is a fruit that is produced from our lips. Watch. Because some of us, I got to break this here tonight. You got to hear this. Some of you are living in a world by words that you have spoken. You have talked about how terrible your marriage is, and then you wonder why your marriage is terrible. You talk about how bad you hate your job. I'm going to help somebody tonight. You talk about how bad you hate your job, and then when you show up to your job, you consistently wonder why you hate it. You talk about how miserable your wife is, and then when you get home, she's miserable. Can I tell you something? That if we would watch our words, then we would watch our world. And if you start speaking life, even where the enemies try to convince you to speak death, you will shift the atmosphere with your words. You start showing up to your job. I don't care. You faith it till you make it. Your job is terrible. You come through the door. Glory to God. It's a great day to be here. I love packing groceries in these piggly wiggly bags. I don't care if you're a bag boy or a CEO. You start speaking it and watch and see if you won't see it. I'm convinced that God is not a liar. I'm convinced that he watches over his word to perform it. And if he said it, he will do it. You'll start eating the fruit of your lips. Some of you are eating poison because you're speaking poison. You want to eat life? Start speaking life. I'm depressed, I'm miserable, I have cancer. Start 
changing your words and watch and see if you won't change your world. I don't have cancer. Psalms 91 says no sickness shall enter my dwelling, nor shall it come near me. It may come on the left, but it's going to fall in seven ways around me. I love my job. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love it here. Watch and see if everything won't change. Watch, watch, Matthew 21 and 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that if you have faith and do not doubt. Now we find another concept. It's not just about having faith. It is keeping the spirit of doubt out of our hearts. You hear me? He said, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but you will also be able to say unto this mountain, Be ye removed and cast in the sea, and it will be done. And whatever things, somebody say whatever. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you have received them, you will receive them. So now we find a concept. Faith the size of a mustard seed. we got to be careful of what we say. We eat the, lips, uh, uh, we eat the fruit of our lips. Now watch this. we got to say it, believe it, and not doubt. Not doubt. you got to contend against doubt. If you're going to see mountains removed from your life, and if you're going to see things uprooted, then you're going to contend against the spirit of doubt. You're going to contend against that voice that will say it's not possible. You're going to contend against that voice that tries to tell you, oh, just quit praying. This, You look stupid. You look stupid believing for it. Just give up now. I'm telling you, when doubt shows up, get ready because it is an identifier that God is on the move. When you're fighting against doubt, you're fighting against the spirit that is sent to destroy the miracle that God has sent into your life. Numbers 23. I'm going to share a lot of scriptures with you tonight because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the reading of God's word. So as God's word is coming forward in this room, faith is building. And it's building for a moment that we're getting ready to go into here in a few minutes because I need your faith to, to be alive. Because if your faith ain't alive, then, then somebody should have just brought marshmallows and, and Hershey's and we would have made s'mores with the fire we're about to have in here. Hallelujah. Numbers 23 says that God is not man. Everyone say God ain't man. That he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall it not make it good? Let me help somebody in this room tonight. God ain't not like nothing and nobody you've ever met before. Your own mama will lie to you. Your daddy will lie to you. Your boss will lie to you. Your pastor will lie to you. But God is not man that he shall be able to lie. He can't even lie. He couldn't lie if he wanted to lie. So if God can't lie, then if he said it, it must be true. And if it doesn't happen, it ain't on God. It's on me. It's on you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all quiet. Tonight, come on, let's really preach it, preacher. Hebrews 6, 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. My God, what a great word. Titus 1 and 2, this truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. Jesus on the main line, tell them what you want. Glory to God. <laughs> Titus 1 and 2, 
The truth gives them this confidence. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. The truth gives them this confidence that they have eternal life. The truth gives them this confidence that they have eternal life. The truth gives them this confidence that they have eternal life. Watch John 17 and 17. Jesus prays and he says, Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. So in other words, the word gives them this confidence that they have eternal life. Watch. I'm going to really help somebody. If we can believe God for salvation, if we can believe that God's word has promised us salvation, then why can't we believe him to move mountains when he said he'll move mountains? Why is it that we can believe God that when we die, we're going to heaven, but we can't believe him that if we lay hands on the sick, we'll see him recover? I want you to know that you don't get to believe this gospel in partial truth. It's the whole truth. It is the infallible, incorruptible word of God. If God said it, then God will do it. We don't get to just believe him for salvation and not everything else. And if I'm going to believe that God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. If I'm going to believe that truth, if I'm going to believe John 3.16, then i got to believe Luke 17. i got to believe Matthew 17. i got to believe it. I don't get to just believe part of the book. i got to believe the whole thing. Watch. Zechariah 4, 6. It says, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? Who you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstones with shouts of grace, grace to it. Grace, grace. Somebody say that with me. Grace, grace. Hallelujah. Brooke, if you will, go ahead and come on back up to the keys. Mark 9. Mark 9. And Jesus said to him, If you can't, all things are possible for one who believes. And he said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. How much is all? What an amazing testimony that all things are possible to him who believes. So hear me tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the mountain is in front of you. I don't know. Maybe it's a mulberry tree that needs to be uprooted. Maybe there's something in your life that needs to be uprooted. I am confident of this, that God who is not man who can even lie, I am confident that if he said it, he will do it. And I am confident that if I believe and I do not doubt that God will do exactly what he said he would do. Mark 11 and 23, truly I say to you, whoever says unto this mountain be taken up and thrown in the sea and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Isaiah 45 and 2 says, I will go before you and I will level the exalted places and I will break into pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I'll go before you and I will level the exalted places. Isaiah 41 and 15 says, Behold, I make you a threshing sledge, new and sharp and having teeth, and you shall thresh the mountains and crush them, and you shall make the hills like chaff. Isaiah 40 and verse 4. 
every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain shall be made low, and the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain.